and we made it. Welcome to Fumbling Around. Oh my gosh, I did not think we were going to make it. Uh, many obstacles. Uh, this isn't the first time. Uh, even the very first day I was going to record, uh, we didn't record actually. Uh, the, the weather was so bad. And uh, But since then, I have not stopped recording on Sundays. Today's Easter Sunday. Yeah, a little breaking and entering on Easter Sunday. Yeah. Gotta love it. Uh, welcome to Fumble Around. Uh, Tommy Hurley High. Uh, Tommy is a co-teacher that I work with at Lincoln Park High School. Yep. Uh, so I've been working with him for the last uh, six weeks, seven weeks or something like that. Yeah, uh, poor me. Uh, he's a high school track coach. And cross country. And cross country coach. Um, played different sports, uh, knows history. We, we teach history together. So try to play different sports. Try to, try to play. <laughs> well, there's all, you know, there's experience in everything. So, you know, there's gotta be people. Well, uh, some people might be listening from the improv community and a lot of them can maybe feel, you oh, know, gotcha. the same yeah, way that you absolutely. do. Absolutely. So like, I don't talk a lot of sports to a lot of people because, uh, there's a guy, I love him, Chris Ford, who was okay. in my first like improv class. And uh, they asked for a suggestion, and I like in the class, and I brought up Ndamukong Su, uh -huh. and he didn't know who he was, <laughs> and it worked for Forts, like oh my god! So uh, it was just so funny because yeah. like, yeah, that's what I was like, oh my gosh! Yeah, like, no, I follow sports really well. It's just I'm not I'm not a very good athlete, so you know, naturally good athlete. So I don't know if I was or not. Uh, I eventually became one, but I don't know if that was just through like playing so much. And then I don't know if you've listened to me talk before, but mm -hmm. I grew up with a family who were just all straight up athletes, okay. like the best in the city yeah. at multiple sports or, you know, yeah. so, uh, growing up with them, I didn't have much confidence because yeah. I didn't do well. Yeah, no, no, me neither. Uh, you know, I was always, uh, I was always that try hard on the team. You know what I mean? I tried really hard. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the coaches liked me, but uh, I was just never that naturally good athlete. You yeah. Know, I'm always telling my kids that too. Like, guys, you're like eons better than I was, you know, but like, like I wanted it more. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, you wish every player had that though. And yeah. like, there's something to learn from everybody. Yeah. I, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because like, I've seen kids who are like, don't play and they don't even try to get better or oh. do well at practice. So like. Breaks your heart. Yeah. So you want like, even like, people that like do good at practice because then it makes your better players better because they're playing a better opponent. You're getting used to playing better opponents in practice. So it's Absolutely. like important to be deep. Um, it was pretty funny. Uh, in our class the other day, we started talking to a couple guys about sports and stuff uh -huh. like that. And, uh, the one one gentleman plays basketball and football, uh -huh. and I think it'd be perfect for him to play track. This I don't know why he wouldn't play track. I don't know. Um, you know, a lot of people. They, I, I I've been arguing back and forth with some coaches uh, of other sports because they just make running a punishment. Yeah. And to me, like you know, I grown up the same thing. Like I always thought running was a punishment. Yeah. You know, I, I again I tried sports. Um, we and, did that the other day at our practice. We made them run a bunch of triangles oh, yeah. and baseball for errors and oh, mistakes yeah. or and whatever. I'm sure they absolutely hated it. But, you know, like as a runner now, and you you can attest this because yeah. you run too, I that's the best thing. I, yeah. I absolutely love it. Running yeah. is the, the thing that, that relaxes me the most. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes me want to be a better person and, and strive to be, you know, to try yeah. with best effort on everything I can do. I wish I ran more. Uh, I go through points. I ran yesterday. I was able to make the gym yesterday uh -huh. and run three miles. So I was happy about that. But no, it's true. Like you've, 
it's good to like compete against yourself mm-hmm. and it's a way to like document like how you're getting better. Well, that's what track and field and that's what cross country is all about. Right. You know? You're not competing. Yeah. You're competing against other people, but at the same time you're competing against yourself. Yeah. As long as you know you're getting better, that's the important part. Right. And once you can sell people on that, yeah. you know, they, they start to realize that there's more than just, um, just running in circles. Yeah. Especially cause like, so there's like, now I got like three kids and I'm thinking about pushing towards track and field and talking to one parent. Like I think it'd be perfect for him because yeah, like, especially if they work together at like getting better and mm-hmm. like building a community team building. Uh, but they're like freshmen and sophomores. Mm-hmm. So like if they really work hard at something for two, three years, like you could be, ju- they're high school athletes. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the one thing I've noticed, especially about teaching and working in Lincoln park is, you know, as coaches, we got to support each other a lot more. Yeah. You know, we're, we're too much about, oh, you got to get better in my sport. When in reality, you know, we got to start making them by better people first. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I talked to Brian Amaros, who you had on a couple weeks ago, and, uh, you know, he's the new football coach. And yep. I was like, Brian, you got all these guys, you know, after school who are helping you. Yeah. You know, working out. Um, and doing football workouts, but those football workouts that you guys are doing, that's just watered down track. Yeah. You know, you, you need to get them out. You need to get them running, hurdling, yeah. throwing, Yeah, you know? And, uh, so, so we're working on that. We're going to try yeah. to build a, it's almost the perfect sport too. Cause I got to imagine there's less, um, injuries. Would that be true or am I wrong? Uh, oh, there's, there's some injuries. Definitely. I mean, as you know, being a runner, you know, you're gonna you're gonna experience uh, shin splints, for instance. That's that's the common thing. Yeah. Knee pain, uh, quad strains. I mean, those those things happen. But at the same time, the you know my my girls, because I I'm the girls coach. You know, my girls first and foremost, we start with just learning the basics, the mechanics of running. There's so many people who do it wrong. I, I bet I run wrong. I bet I've never been taught how to run properly. Oh yeah. So no. I I know I've seen that like a board or something. I was trying to read it a little bit. I'm always trying to like look at stuff uh, on the around the room and observe. Uh, but I haven't been able to read the whole thing. You have a board about like proper running, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh crap, I do some of that or whatever. So <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and you know, I'm only in my uh, third season as coach, and and as you know. You go through the trials and tribulations of doing things wrong. And oh, yeah. I finally feel like uh, I'm starting at the mechanics. I'm starting small and, and working my way towards injury prevention and things like that. So, um, But uh, it's, it's such an enjoyable experience. I love coaching track and cross. Why do you, uh, do you, do, why, do you prefer working with the girls? Yeah, you know, girls are tougher. Yeah. I, coached, I coached football and I coached baseball for a little while. And... Uh, you know, I, I love I love coaching all kids, but but the girls, especially the ones that I coach, they're just they're just phenomenal people first and foremost. It seems like maybe there's less ego. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's less ego. I can guarantee you on my team. Yeah. Uh, I try to beat that out of them in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because uh, again, probably going back to my experiences as a athlete, <laughs> quotation marks. But, yeah. Um, you know, they uh, the the most important thing about being a coach just in general is uh, you got to develop the person first. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And uh, for me, it always starts at the same values. Yeah. You know, what are the values of your team? And and we always are talking about putting your team in front of everybody else. So if you start there, you know, and, and doing the right things like showing up to class on time and, and grades, you know, you've been in my class when I've had my girls turn in their grade sheets. Yeah. You know, some of them, they have that disheveled look like, I get frustrated when they have poor grades. Oh, yeah. When it's 
a lack of effort, especially. Mm-hmm. What it's nothing else but lack of effort. Oh, yeah. um, I don't think the curriculum's that difficult. And if it is that hard, we got to do a better job of getting our kids to advocate for themselves or push for themselves or get more help when needed. Because it's offered. Oh, yeah. You just got to, it, it's hard as a teacher when you have 150 kids a, a day right. to know exactly which ones to push and you can go to. Well, 95% of my job, and I think Amaros would attest to this, and uh, Gresbeck too. Yeah. Um, Stan um, listens. He yeah, told me he Stan, listens. Oh, Stan Stan's might, a phenomenal guy. We'll talk about him later. But. Well, Stan might be, uh, he listens to this when he's going to bed because uh, his wife doesn't let him watch TV. So oh. I just want to give him a shout out. Look at Molly <laughs> if you want. Smile, <laughs> laugh. <laughs> but but anyway, those guys, those guys, and Jamie Greeno being another one, he's a great guy. Okay. Um, they'll all attest to, to building the person first. Yeah. Uh, 95% of our job is building that person. And if you can't, ultimately, you can't coach an athlete, you can't coach an athlete without coaching the person first. Yeah. If that makes for sense. For sure. No, for sure. Uh, character development and a student athlete first, you know, right. especially at this age. Like, I'm a big advocate for, like, paying college players and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But we're still in high school. Um, the, like I said, the curriculum's not that hard. This is something that everybody should do, like get right. a high school diploma at least. I'm not saying everybody has to go to college. Right. Well, you know, we, we work with some phenomenal people at Lincoln Park and, and the, the reality of it is, you know, a lot of our kids are coming with a lot of needs. Yeah. A lot of needs that you're not getting in other districts. You know, I have friends who coach in other districts. Yeah. And they're, they're like, why are you buying this stuff for your kids? And why are you doing this stuff? It's because, you know, a lot of them, they just maybe yeah. don't have that situation that, you know, is a very supportive environment at home. Well, in my experience, uh, like I've taught in Detroit for like seven years mainly and at an alternative ed program. And like more than I can do than anything is just be a good leader or mentor, really, oh, is yeah. mentoring. Anybody on my caseload, I see myself as a mentor, mm-hmm. trying to guide them, give proper advice, uh, but push them also to know that they what their potential is and what they're capable of. Uh, so many of these kids, I don't know, they just don't believe in themselves. And I, I'm sure you felt that way oh, at some yeah. point because I know I have. Oh, we're f- I'm fighting that battle every day. Yeah, you know, yeah, like you don't think you're, yeah, even as adult, I'm fighting mm-hmm. that. Like, hey, you are good enough. Oh, like, yeah. No, then, I mean, personally and with students, that's what, yeah. I, that's what I was afraid Yeah, of. for sure. But yeah, definitely students too, you know, and you could see self-hatred. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's it's sad because like I, you know, growing up with kids, like you, you realize now like what paths lead to if you mm-hmm. stick with a certain path. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, you know, so just trying to, you know, you know, all the kids in our classes, you know, like I see a couple students on Snapchat and stuff. It just frustrates me, man, because they're getting played. Well, you know, that's that's the luxury that we have as adults, right? We see what's going on yeah. ahead of us. When we were teenagers, shoot, let's be honest with it. With we, we were consumed with TV, right? The new internet, but was it as much and prevalent as it is today? I, yeah, I would say so. I don't think things have changed. I think honestly. Uh, if if you were to give us uh, smartphones back in our day, minus getting old, I, I, yeah, minus getting old. Um, you know, if we were going to get uh, smartphones, I think we'd be doing the same thing. We were passing. I don't know about you, but I was passing notes. I was staring at people in class, like you know, that kind of sounded creepy. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no, no. Like, um, you find yeah. when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, you find all these things to distract yourself. Yeah. You know, whether it was girls or whether it was uh, TV or whatever. And I just think that now these kids, they have they have more things available to them 
to distract each other. But at the same time, I don't, do I think it's different? No. I think the majority of kids, they want the same things. They want your attention. They want to feel like they're loved. And um, they needed adults to, uh, to basically guide them in the right direction. Yeah. But not let them get over-consumed, I think, is our job. Buy some of this stuff that I think it might happen. and let's, Because, like, do you think kids are any more depressed or sad than ever before? Or is that a myth? I, I don't know. See, I, I don't know. Being a, being a history teacher, like, we learn a lot. Like, right now, we're talking about the suppression of one's voice yeah. right, in class. And uh, I think a lot of it has to do with just the fact that everybody has a voice now. Everybody yeah. has a say. So you're more aware of the world around you than you've ever been before. Yeah, at a point. You know, for social, sure. social media is everywhere. But um, how many are misinformed? Because they just look for the information they want to see towards their bias, non, known or unknown. Oh, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Any video on YouTube, you can produce something and they'll believe it's it. It's crazy. It's hard to like steer kids in the right direction almost because there's so much and they're so good at it now. Yeah. Like before it was like, you know, Scams based on like kings in African countries and stuff like right. that, giving them money. The Nigerian prince. Yeah. So, uh, come on. You know, you're like, but now it's like, there's so much misinformation. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had a girl uh, last semester, and you you would have loved this. I like. I wish you were with us last semester, <laughs> but she came into class wearing an Infowars shirt. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Alex Jones. Oh yeah. So like, you know. Uh, I, every day, I, I just kind of give her give her a little hard time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but at the same time, you're real life to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. You're real life. Yes. And I know that even though, yeah, she, she might watch InfoWars or, yeah, she might be into all those, those conspiracies, you know what? What teenager isn't into that? Uh, yeah, right? They're, you're trying to explore and find your, your path and what you think and you're looking. Yeah. But he's good at it. You know, he gets all heated up and stuff. I so mean, like. Shoot. Shoot, when we were in high school, loose change was the big deal. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the 9-11 yeah. conspiracies. Everybody's wanting to blame George W. Yeah, Bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what if the steel beams don't burn? <laughs> don't or disintegrate it. Uh, you know, like, uh, there are there so many things, so many far-fetched things that people believe. Before in the 60s and the 70s, it was the Kennedy assassination. And I do think there <laughs> You know, there's some conspiracies yeah. to that. Yeah, so I was going to say, but, like, okay, so if you think about, like, history, and, like, I'm a, do you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, oh, I love Game Are of Thrones. Are you caught up? Uh, yes, we watched the, we watched it last night. We struggled through, my wife and I. But okay, we, so I'm all caught up, too, uh, uh, which is nice. Spoiler alert, right? Uh, no, I was just, like, I just, I look at, like, what I would do in those scenarios and who what I would be and, like, try to, like, figure things out. You know, that's the way my mind works and stuff, so, um... I forgot where I was going with this. Well, well, who would you be? What character oh, would you be? I mean, I would like to think I was honorable and noble, so I'd probably be like some type of Stark or something. Yeah. I think I would be uh, Tyrion. Tyrion? Okay. You know, I, I, I associate myself so much in that because he's loyal, right? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, he's he's often underestimated. And, okay, yeah. And uh, like never naturally good really yeah. at anything other yeah. than BSing, which I think yeah. I'm pretty good at. Okay, so and you could probably detect it then too. Usually, if you're a good BSer, you could yeah. probably you could see it coming too. Yeah, and and I think that over the six weeks that we've worked together so far, I think you pretty much see that what you see is what you get with me. And that's kind of how I am. I think yeah. like I don't try to like. I just try to be real and honest, and if you don't like it, like I gotta move on. Hopefully, right. somebody else. I connect with somebody else on a level or I, something. So. I probably rattled some people's cages because I'm pretty upfront. Yeah, you know? um, and I've I've done that. I've done that not here, 
Mm-hmm. I've done that. When I wanted to stick up for a student, when if I felt, especially yeah. if I felt like a student was wronged or something like that, um, I try to be understanding from their perspective and what they might be going through, especially like where I was at before. Right. So. Well, anytime you're, you're trying to make a change or you're trying to make an impact, yeah. you know, we see it a lot in education, right? Yeah. There's so many people who are just okay with the status quo. Yeah. You know? Yep. And it's, it's, it's easy to do. I get it, though. It's right. a hard job. Oh, it's so... Oh. God. It takes so much time and energy. Like, I got to go to bed at a certain time. I, like, the, I better get eight hours of sleep. Right. Or and, it's going to drag. You know, a lot of people don't realize, like, they're like, oh, teachers, you guys get summers off. Oh, my god, Christmas and, and all this. And, you know, one, nobody said that you guys shouldn't get yeah, summers yeah, yeah. off. Nobody said that you shouldn't get Christmas off. Yeah. Know, all these things. And it's just like you don't know what it's like until you're actually in the situation. Yeah. There's a reason why nobody wants to do it. Right. You don't know, <laughs> you don't know what it's like to spend thousands of dollars. Like I'm not, I'm not joking or exaggerating. I've spent thousands of dollars on my athletes and yeah. my students. Yeah. You know, because why? Because I'm a caring person. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I see what my kids should have and I want that for yeah. them. Yeah. You hope that like you're planting seeds. Right. You know, right. You, you're sacrificing hopefully a little bit of yourself if you're planting seeds that will hopefully grow into trees. Right. Well, it's it's so, as you know, it's so difficult. You're, teaching is an investment. Yeah. Teaching is a tremendous investment that uh, you you don't always see the rewards yeah. for it. And um, to be a great teacher, you do have to do it for a while. Mm-hmm. You have to be, like, it takes a good seven years oh, before yeah. you're going to hit at least, you know, your spot. Oh, yeah. Um. Because it's just so much to learn about yourself. You're, le- you're learning about yourself a lot of times in your right. early 20s and mid-20s. So you, it's hard to be the, your best self. Like, you could be really good. Mm-hmm. You're just probably not going to hit your peak till like, that seventh, eighth year. Well, well, even then, like, let's be honest. Who are the teachers who made the most, the best impact on you? The biggest one. Me personally? Well, I mean, just in general. Well, I would like to speak out. Sure. Sixth grade elementary, Miss Matina was my best teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, she didn't have to teach. She was like super rich, basically. Her husband was like a stockbroker or okay. something like that, lived in Grozeal. Uh, but she spent so much money on us, took us to so many field trips. But she was the most difficult teacher in the school. And mm-hmm. she's probably the most difficult teacher I ever had, right. like through college or anything. But I learned the most out of that class. I probably got my love for history out of her, mm-hmm. learning about like, greek mythology and stuff and she took a personal interest in. oh yeah absolutely you know that's shoot you can teach a kid to do anything a kid will i mean like like it's no secret to being a teacher or a coach a kid will go through a wall for you yeah if they know that you care about yeah that's that's it you know and that's the thing that works for me i i don't have it all figured out don't get me wrong yeah but you know you've sat in my classroom long enough to know we don't really have behavioral issues in my class no you know, no. and we, we're dealing with some kids that are pretty rough, you know. Between See, I come class. back, it's funny, because I come from such <laughs> a place that, right. like, this is soft to me, <laughs> personally. Like, this is softball. Like, uh, but you're not the only teacher to express it that way. Mm-hmm. And I especially, like, because I graduated from 2004, like, right. a lot has changed lot and has stuff changed like that. Um, but, yeah, maybe it was good for me to go to a place like that for <laughs> seven years, and it kind of just showed me, I mean, it just... I don't know if everything happens for a reason or not, but like mm-hmm. even like my injury and going deaf and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like I think it all helped me. I needed to struggle a little bit. I didn't have right. many struggles growing up. I didn't have a hard life. My parents were both pretty, they were there for me, anything mm-hmm. I needed money wise, right. you know? So, um, I went through a struggle and it made me, you know, 
You just learn from that. Right, right. And like, like I, I had a similar situation. My parents, you know, were always very supportive of me. Uh, I was very, very fortunate enough. I grew up in Wyandotte, you know, but I was, I was like literally, I, I tend to call myself a Lincoln Parker. Because, <laughs> hey. because honestly, my parents still live uh, over on uh, Kings Highway. It was, oh, okay. Like, you could see the bridge. Yeah. Right there. I was okay. closer to Lincoln Park High School okay. than I did my own high school. Really? But, okay. But, you know, going back to like the, the teachers that were most influenced to you, uh, even now, I think of coaching and building a program, uh, nobody was more influential to me to, than my uh, band director, um, Mark D'Angelo. Okay. He's still over at Windout, actually. Okay. And he's, shout out to them, they're, they're coming back from New Orleans. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, he took the bands down there and uh, they performed and uh, he's just a phenomenal person and he took interest in every every single one of our kids. Being a d- band director, you got like 300 kids. Yeah, that dealing with, that's right? hard. And there's not one kid that he wouldn't spend time with after school that he wouldn't you know try to make them a better person and for me he gave me a shot yeah you know for for pretty much anything that i wanted i and you're just one one kid i imagine so many other kids feel the same way oh absolutely i mean you know but that's that's what being an influential teacher or coach or mentor really is and i'm sure again it took him a long time to get to that point where he was like because to learn curriculum Mm -hmm. To learn how to deal with students, like everybody comes in, what their strengths and weaknesses are, how to do paperwork, how to call parents and deal with them, right? Um, discipline, classroom management, right. just right. And I, I mean, I was fortunate enough; I got to be an instructor with them for marching band, um, you know. And and when I was just starting off my teaching career, and he talked me so much through, like, you know, here main, mainly just caring about your kids. Yeah. And once you do that, everything else is pretty easy. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you show them love and then just, like, show them what they're capable of, show them some, like, a couple tips are here. Like, I I had some terrible coaches when I think about it, like, kind of, like, growing up. Me too. Like, I don't have anybody that was like, oh, wow. Like, I guess I learned, and maybe this is how I just learned best, but I learned best through, like, just, like, figuring it out and through play. Oh, yeah. Like, if I got a video game, I wasn't looking at the, like, I would just, like, I'll figure it out. Oh, I was the same way. Okay. Same way. uh, And I don't know. That's just the way I am, so... But I don't have any coaches that I look back that like. I had some great mm-hmm. people, like Mr. Mm-hmm. Putek, who was a great guy, but he just didn't know a ton about soccer. We right. actually, me and his son, who ended up being a college soccer player, uh-huh. we ran practices by learning, oh. you know, what we figured out and stuff. That's hard. That's well, I, we were actually pretty good. Not, we okay. actually, the way, I mean, we were actually, I, now that I think about it and look back, we were good leaders. Everybody uh-huh. kind of like, because it was, we were all friends too right. that kind of like played soccer. Like Joel kind of like recruited his friends growing up to uh-huh. play soccer and he kind of like, he was the best and he always, he played travel soccer and stuff. So see, yeah. but in my opinion, like, like you, you see any team that's struggling, you like your team might be, might've been the anomaly. Of yeah. The fact that, you know, you were yeah. running the team, but yeah, but it's just, a, you, you need a, somebody there that's going to be like, yeah. like Brian, prime example, yeah. Brian, who was the volleyball coach and now he's the, now he's the football coach. Like, you know, one thing that's consistent about Brian is he's never backing down from a challenge. Yep. That's number oh, one. Yeah. And you never, ever question his motives because yeah. he always has the kid's best interest yeah. in mind. Brian's another guy that kind of doesn't look like he's a, he would be like an athlete, mm-hmm. but he is. Oh, yeah. I kind of was the same way growing up. Uh-huh. Like, like you would not know that I was like a really good hockey player or oh, something yeah. like that if you just saw me. Especially because mm-hmm. I was like, I was soft. You know, I wasn't yeah. muscular by any means yeah. or anything like that, but I was athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Brian's kind of, I, I, at least the way I look, you know, he doesn't oh. look intimidating if you look at oh, him. Oh no, but, but as soon as he steps up to the plate, it's hilarious. I, I love it. Every year, uh, when he's coaching baseball, 
there's at yeah. least several times where he goes up and just does home run derby yeah. against the kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he can call his shots. I've never seen that. Yeah. Well, in uh, high school, he didn't hit home runs because he was, like, so scrawny. It wasn't until, uh-huh. like, the year after high school when he put on, like, the freshman 25 or whatever <laughs> he did. Uh, did he start, was able to, like, hit bombs, like, that uh-huh. summer, like, summer ball or something or whatever. Because he, he's he was, like, a young Whatever, like he was like the youngest of his, because uh-huh. his birthday was like an October thirty first okay. or thirtieth or something, gotcha. somewhere around there. So he was a late birthday guy or whatever. But yeah, he put up a bunch of weight, which helped mm-hmm. him in baseball. But uh, he's always a smart guy. Like he's mm-hmm. not, he wasn't the best athlete on the field, but he was going to play hard. He was going right. to play it right. Just did you know, smart, intelligent. Right. That's so, what you want. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're trying to develop on some of these kids. Some of these kids on our baseball team, they can hit hit really good, but now we got to play the mental part, play good pitching, good defense, and like every every at bat matters. Right. There's and ours. Right. Can't take a take it off, and then get an error, get upset, and make another error because you made right. an error. Like, well, that's that's been my my biggest struggle at uh, Lincoln Park is just developing athletes. You know, we we talked about this already. Um, you know, you, you're getting kids that have never done sports before and they're competing against yeah. a lot of times kids in other communities. So often you got to develop that mental yeah. aspect of it, like yeah. that resiliency that we yeah. were always talking about. But if they could figure it out, like, mm-hmm. oh God, they're amazing. Yeah. Like, because like, they I, just had to catch up like that. And now they're like, oh, this is easy. Like, you know what I'm saying? So right. that's what I'm saying. Like if I could push a couple of those kids towards track, especially the football player and stuff oh, like yeah. that, because I think that like I was bringing up injuries, cause, but it'd also just be good if he got, if he learned how to like yeah. develop his body yeah. more focused. Cause like a sport like baseball, it'd be good for like hand-eye coordination and stuff, but he wouldn't just, we're already in the middle of the season. We don't have many practices. It would be hard for him to catch up maybe like next year oh, yeah. or something. But like right now, like you should definitely go into track mm-hmm. and learn how to run or maybe, right. uh, do, what are some other things in track, like well, the, the shot throwing, put? Shot right? put, discus. Yeah. You yeah. can do high jump. That's going to help him with basketball. Long yeah. jump. Um, you know, hurdles. Could Hurdle. you do all that stuff if you were that good? Oh, or yeah. I don't no. know if there's like a limit on what you can do. You can only, you're limited to four events. But, okay. But the way I do it um, is uh, I have my girls on a rotation. You know, I'm worried about building an athlete. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not just worried about building a one trick pony where they're good in the 100 yeah. or the 200 yeah, 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 yeah. or whatever, you know, so I have my girls on a rotation if they want to try something out, like, yeah, I'm not going to put them in a situation where they're going to get hurt, but at the same time, like, yeah, sure. You okay. want to try out hurdles? Yeah, let's do that. I never looked into it. Like I was ever yeah. fast. First of all, well, I never had top speed. I, really. The I... only, the only race I ever won, honestly, was, uh, in, uh, in middle school, I want to say maybe it was high school, but. We were going against Monroe, the old mega, mega red. Okay. And uh, we were going against Monroe, and I was in the hundred meter hurdle race or hundred ten meter hurdle race. I'm sorry, uh, going against the uh, a stud in the region, right? This guy yeah. was supposed to be just dominant, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, here I was, just kind of like nerdy kid, just tripping over hurdles, uh-uh. things like that. Like uh-huh. I'm just kind of there to look for look at the girls, and you know, hopefully. Not screw up. <laughs> well, uh, you know, this guy's just, he's predicted to just blow everybody out of the water. Yeah. So I'm just kind of in there, and uh, the gun goes off, and he's going through all the hurdles. He's, like, probably 10 meters ahead of me. And then all of a sudden, he takes out three kids. He falls over a hurdle, takes <laughs> out three kids, <laughs> and I swooped in <laughs> and uh, finished. And I'm looking around. I'm like, mm. you know, like. Look at what I just did. But yeah, that's that's my one true that's hilarious. to fame story <sighs> I can think of. 
But I guess, like, I was telling the kids is that uh, growing up, like, in high school, like, I didn't uh, care for track. I don't know. I was never, it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I mean, for, for there's no other sport that's going to develop an athlete better yeah. than track and cross country, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I mean, what sport don't you need to run in? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I see that now. Running. I was going to say that, like, because in high school, I liked, again, I was a game player. I just liked mm-hmm. to play game. I didn't like. I didn't like the right. process. I didn't like the play. The reason I was good is because we just played so much growing up. Right. Um, it wasn't because of, like, coaching or whatever. Right. And everybody, you know, two weeks of their own and how they learn and stuff like that. I wish I would have had better coaching mm-hmm. now, but it didn't happen. Maybe that was just me adapting. I think a lot of people underestimate cross-country. Yeah, for sure. You know, I never ran cross-country in high school. I didn't think I would um, be able to. I yeah. probably could have. I could have learned yeah. how to, but I was scared. Like, I hated running. Yeah. So No, cross-country, aside from swimming, swimming is tre- tremendously difficult. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But cross-country is not for the weak yeah. minded at all. How long is cross-country? Uh, it's, what well, do you mean, like, season-wise? Or, or oh, I meant, like, races. Okay, well, we run a 5K race. Okay. And uh, when I took over the program, um, you know, the previous year they had four girls, maybe six six girls but um i my first season we had 20 oh, nice. girls and then last year we had 30 wow um so uh you know it's it's slowly building wow that's um, nice you know and but the thing is the it goes back to like i'll i'll coach any kid yeah. any kid that wants to be better yeah you know i had yep. a girl on the team that um you know she was she was overweight and yeah. She she was very embarrassed. I'm like, look, man, you belong here just as much as everybody yeah. else. And, uh, you know, I'm so proud of her because she's... Because that'll be motivation for everybody else, yeah. too. Like, there's no excuses. Oh, you yeah. know, if you see this girl pushing no. herself, it makes you like, I got to push myself. Right, and that's the best part about coaching cross-country or track is you're getting the best kids. Yeah. You're getting kids that want to push each other yeah. better. You know, I she was, she was kind of upset at one of the meets because there was a couple of kids laughing at her and I'm like, you know what? It takes so much strength just to be you. Yep. Just to come out and do this. Yeah. And, and that's awesome. Look how much better you've become as an athlete. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the that's the thing that keeps me going. As yeah. hard as it is to be a coach, um, you know, it's those small victories. That's yeah. that means more to me than winning championships. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great to win championships. Yeah. Oh, that no, would be, don't get me wrong. It'd be great. It'd be great. We're on our way, you know? No, but that's how you start it, baby. Right. That, like, that that could have longevity to it because mm-hmm. you're building a culture of, oh, yeah. like, support mm-hmm. and, like, hey, we can do this and building confidence. Mm-hmm. And that could go a long way. It's not like a short-term-minded type of mm-hmm. approach. Well, yeah, and, and we have some athletes. We have some athletes on both the track and the cross-country team, you that's, know? Um and uh, I, I have a girl, Azela. She's a ninth grader, and uh, she's a tremendous 400 runner. Grace, she's, um, you know, a tenth grader. She started in middle school, and she's just an absolute beast. Yeah. I can throw her in any event. She's nice. gonna try really hard. And then I got a girl named Yari. Um, you know, she start. She, she's a, a tiny girl. If you saw her, she, <laughs> she's uh, probably 90 pounds soaking wet, but. Again, she's fierce, man. Anything that you throw her into, she's going to do well. Um, and I got uh, a senior, Judith. She's one of my captains. And, um, you know, she started running two years ago. And uh, now she's she's my best distance runner. There you go. You know, um, but, uh, but regardless of who my girls are, um, they're all just tremendous people. Um, they work really, really hard. 
Um, I, I got to argue for us. We're probably the hardest working team <laughs> between the two, um, you know, cross country and track. Okay. Both of us were the hardest working teams in the school. Nice. Um, you know, challenge put out to everybody else. There you go. Hey, but, uh, challenge accepted. You know, I, every day, every day they make it a joy to want to be with them. That's awesome. Cause you seem to, you do seem to enjoy it. Oh yeah. So, no, cause it's long hours. You get, right. we get to work at like what? seven twenty. Right. And then, you don't, you know, when you're done some days, six, seven at night. Right. And then, you know, I got all of these girls, like most of them I recruited. So yeah. That felt really good. I yeah. had a girl throwing a shot and disc for me that, you know, her name's Victoria. Yeah. And uh, she was in my, she was in my world history class and I convinced her to come out. She'd never done any sports before. Yeah. And she's arguably one of the best like, throwers in the some in of these the, kids are looking for the something and they could they could be an athlete like right. if they're taught and they just work at something right. and put the hours in well i think you really have to question what what it means to be an athlete yeah. you know what i mean yeah like really what i f- view it as is is are you willing to be resilient yeah or push yourself you know? and be get better right. it's something that's again observant and documented like showing progress Right. And you, when you see progress, you want to keep going. And you're like, what, what can I do? Right. Oh, I did this. You know, that's, that's, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of cross country and track is you can see your improvement. It goes yeah. through time. Yeah. You can't argue with time. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it, it's in baseball, you get statistics, and, yep. but you don't always see no. your growth. Yeah. You know, baseball, football, wrestling. Uh, and that's the beauty of coaching. Yeah. So last game, talking about statistics uh-huh. uh, for baseball, I was able to look up the team we were playing Taylor. I was able to look up some teams have their stats online, basically mm-hmm. whatever. And I was like able to yep. look at all their stats Same and with uh, track. and uh, just kind of like look at like what they you know they didn't have extra base power basically. Mm-hmm. They had like through the team had one extra base hit, one double. Uh-huh. So we were able to more confidently bring our outfielders in to prevent you know just to because. We didn't think they'd be able to hit over our heads. Right. Well, was able to go through like with the pitcher of like what the batting order looks like. Who did? I mean, obviously you know the middle guys, but like how deep are they? Mm-hmm. You know the bottom guys are hitting zero. Like, do not walk these guys. Let right. make them get a hit. Um, just like things like that, you right. know. So what I can bring to the table, but like yeah, I I, I miss that. I, I coached with Brian for two years. I, I see coach in quotation marks too because I'd go out basically and scout other teams. Okay, you know, I'd set up the camera. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd try to look all suave, like I'd wear, <laughs> I'd wear like my Eastern jacket. Yeah, you're gonna scout. act like you're a, <laughs> a, a scout. scout. Well, because he, he told me he's like Tommy. You you don't want to go telling people you know that you're from Lincoln Park. He's like other schools aren't really doing this, uh, so let's kind of keep it on the down low. Yeah. So like you know I really feel like that gave us the edge sometimes, right? Because we'd get into a game and and it was like okay, well we know where this guy's hits. Yeah, yeah. You know, or we know where they're gonna limit a guy, or we know yep. what the sign we were st- stealing signs. You know, like okay. like all these things that gave us the competitive competitive advantage. advantage. Yeah. You know, and that's that's one of the things that uh i think made brian a competitive and great coach is the fact that he thinks outside the box yeah no he had texted me saying thanks for the you know information or whatever right i was trying to look up wine dots wine dots is not up there of course it's not. we play them uh tuesday at the fifth on my birthday Uh at the fifth third bank out in toledo so uh looking forward to that nice hopefully we keep our uh wins going we had a good week so no and that that's the great thing about lincoln park uh, just in general, is we're a community. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, we're you guys. You and Brian talked about losing some athletes to other schools. And, oh yeah. And that de- that's definitely still going on. But the the main thing is the kids that stay, they're quality kids. Yeah. You know that's all we can do is focus on them and mm-hmm. just build them up and right. 
put time and energy into them. Right. Uh, speaking of coming back to our community, welcome back, Steve Eiserman. Oh, God, yes. Thank God. Uh, uh, you're the first to actually uh, <laughs> let me know that. You texted me that, uh, which is when I was like, hey, Tommy would be great to have on. Let me oh. ask him. Because oh, uh, I'm so last minute right now with these, like, I need to get ahead of the curve uh-huh. and organ- uh, schedule out people ahead of time. Um, it's just hard with coaching, you know, it, right. everything takes time and effort, oh, uh, you know, editing these things. So well, do you think that, let me ask you this. Do you think that, you know, remember how, how popular the Red Wings were in the oh, 90s my, yeah, and yeah, 2000s? Yeah. They were the only good team, really. Yeah. Do you think that uh, Stevie Y is going to bring back that excitement again? Um. That's interesting. With a good, you need a good team. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you you can only, you know, parade somebody out there or something for so long to bring ticket sales in. You need to bring in a winner. Right. Um, how far? We might not be that far away, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think he would have maybe have taken the team if he didn't think it was a, somewhat of a contender because he was in Tampa Bay, who right. just lost <laughs> to the playoffs as a number right. one seed. Right. Which is why I love hockey. That was amazing. Because you're not going to see two one seeds get kicked out in basketball. They got swept. Yeah, one team got swept. The other one lost 4-1. Right. right. Playoff hockey true. is – I wish I had more time. I would watch playoff it hockey. It was great watching Sidney Crosby get beat in the first round. Oh. Oh, my God. But I love – like. Playoff hockey, you just can't play hockey that level all year round. Oh no! But it's so intense. Like it's like right. players go are playing with injuries. Well, it, did you hear what Cooper said? He's the coach of uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. No. Did you hear what he said? No. He said that uh, they weren't playing meaning. Uh, they were playing meaningless hockey for the last like month because yeah. they already clinched their playoff. Yeah. But at the same time, you really got to question that. All right, if you're playing meaningless hockey for a month. You know, shouldn't you be able to turn it on in the playoffs? Well, they broke a record for wins, so I know like they had like sixty-two wins or whatever. Well, clearly the regular season doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, it just takes a bad run. If your team comes out slow, you know whoever the eight seed was probably play, fighting to get in. Mm-hmm. So they just came in hot and just pushed them around. And like hockey, there's more parity in hockey, I think, mm-hmm. than any other sport. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that uh, here in Detroit, we, we tend to rally around guys that that might not necessarily be very good by national standards. But here, like, you know, I love Justin Abdelkader. Abdelkader, you hate him? I don't hate him. I liked him in the beginning and stuff, but, like, he is, like, a role player to me. Like, right. we, I don't think he's, like, a top five forward or top six forward to, you know. Well, no, especially not now in this time. I don't think he ever was, personally. I always felt like he was like a third or fourth line, a really good third or fourth liner. Well, he was the only guy that would go out and, and protect his teammates. Yeah. You know, and I, I like mean? him for that, yes. Right. And But he'd score some goals, he'd hit some assists. But, you know, we can't just talk about Abdelkader. Look at the, some of the pieces that they actually have. Yeah, they got some good young guys right, right now with Larkin and Anthal. Um, Anthony Siu and yeah. uh, Mantha. Yeah, Mantha, yep. You know, so you got a good young core uh, of guys coming up. But then you got some guys that, that just need to go, that Holland just signed a, just stupid deals. You know, uh, Darren Helm being one of them. Good, yeah. Like, goodbye. See, See that's what I'm saying. Helm and, like, Abdelkader are just similar guys. I love those guys mm-hmm. on a good team. Like, they were our good third and fourth liners. But now when you're, like, relying on those guys to eat up a lot of ice time. Well, you know, I understood why, like, for instance, I understood why you got Darren Helm in the first place. He was yeah. a stud muffin in juniors yeah. and... and but again, he did really good when he was like on a fourth line. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, so you're playing other teams' fourth line a right. lot of times. And, but like, when you're on, 
when you're playing the top two lines, he's not going right. to produce. Well, you, you know, you, this last draft, you got Zadina. Yeah. Um, he's going to be a good piece. Yeah. Um, you know. He's got the pieces. We have an opportunity uh, to be good in the next year or two. Right. Valeno being another one, right? That yep. was his name? Yep. Um, so you, you got all these guys that are coming up that are that are pretty decent, and I think Steve Eiserman has a good view at, you know. He's, well, he did a great job. It's not like right. we just picked this guy up because he was an old, like, we love right. him. Like, don't get me wrong, my probably best hockey memory is when he scored the clapper from the blue line and oh. what, triple overtime or something oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, he, he, I mean, uh, my favorite was uh, his 500th goal. Okay. I mean, there's so, I mean, he was just, he was a legend around oh, here, yeah. man. He, he like sacrificed himself. He just gave, he was like that hardworking Detroit guy that people love to rally well, can, around. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. You know, during the 90s, you had Wayne Gretzky, you had Lemieux, and then you had Eiserman, right? Yeah. The one, two, three best players. Which one would you actually take on your team if you had the choice? Gretzky. You think so? I would. I mean, I, I, I'm going to sound like a homer here, but I would, I would take Eiserman. Okay. Gretz, Gretzky, to me, yeah, he was great. Don't get me wrong. Gretzky is like one of the all-time scorers. In the, I mean, he is the all-time scorer. In the yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And, uh, you know, but he didn't play with any type of grit. No. It's hard no. to play deep. Like he was Steve, no. Stevie, you could put him in center. He could play winger. And um, he just made everybody around him better. You know? Yeah. Gretzky... Like you built teams around Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. You know, Iserman made everybody around him better. Sure. But especially Probert. Uh well, there were some great the Red Wings had some great teams, especially oh, when yeah. there was like no salary cap and oh, they were yeah. able to go buy guys and oh, stuff yeah. like that. It so, was basically PlayStation for Yeah, man, they were so good. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. A couple of those. Oh teams. yeah. And remember two thousand and one, two thousand two, that team like that that's a team that you put together on uh, NHL hits. You oh, know what right. I mean? Everybody like, was listening to Little Caesar C D. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, hockey time. Oh, that was one of the worst songs ever. <laughs> I'm I hope they retired that permanently. But do you think that hockey town's going to come back now that Eiserman is here? It'll definitely bring back excitement, mm-hmm. but to keep it, you got to win. Nobody is, nobody's going out there and watching games for a loser. Mm-hmm. And we could bring this up because one of the points you brought up was baseball attendance, mm-hmm. you know, and Tigers are definitely not getting the fans out there. We're no. baseball, we're a sports town. Right. But we're only going to go if, like, if they're winning. Right. There's well, too much now. You know, except for the Lions. Yeah, well, there's you only know, eight games. As a se- as a season ticket holder, there's eight you know, games though. When right. baseball, eighty two or eighty one, eighty one games, and then hockey's what forty something games. Right. You might you want to talk about baseball a little bit? Yeah. You know, I mean, Stevie br- brings back a lot of excitement, but hockey's a little far away. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah in yeah. Detroit, so yeah, like, you want to look at the Tigers a little bit? Yeah, uh, Tigers are not doing good lately. Uh, since last time I talked. Well, their last seven games are what one and one and six. Yeah. Uh, but this is basically what I thought. Like I wasn't getting too hyped. I was still hopeful, you know. Like, come on, guys, keep playing good baseball. Right. You know, grit out games, win one run games, get lucky for a while or something. Mm-hmm. But since then, it has not been good. I, I don't know. I think they're. Uh, I think they're fun to watch, though. You like you have you have to take the Tigers for what they are right now. They're a rebuilding team. Yeah. I I do not. Like the fact that Alavila said that it was basically going to take till, uh, you know, forever. For what did to, what did like, what did he say? He said like twenty twenty three or something like oh. that that they're going to be competitive. Like, 
I don't know if I'm patient enough to. I don't know about that. Yeah, twenty. It. it shouldn't take till twenty twenty. That's a long time. That is a long time, you know. And to think that Cabrera is still going to be there, and be well, here for that long. Yeah. Uh, my my, I'm scared because like Cabrera is going to. I feel like maybe take what Maglio did instead of Maglio became Singlio. Yeah. And it's. I mean, we're going to be paying that much for a guy who might have a good batting average, but just hitting singles all over the place and who clogs up the bases. I don't know if there was anything more impressive about Maglio Ordonez than his hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like perm to uh, the ready every time he oh was yeah. out there in right field. People loved. They would have like the hats with the hair. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He should honestly towards the end of his career. I feel like Cabrera is going to get to this point. Like. You know, he's going to, Cabrera, Cabrera is going to need a golf cart to get him around the base. Yeah. Unless he can, like, start hitting home runs at some point this year. Like, maybe heat up, get a little yeah. bit, as the weather warms up or something. Right. I would love to get rid of that contract. Oh. I love the guy, what he did here, and he's going to go down as a Hall of Famer, but do as you, a business. Do you think anybody who is maybe in the playoff run, who's going to get, you know, a little desperate, do you think they're going to make a run at Cabrera? Like Alavil calls up, for instance, Dave Dombrowski, because the Red Sox haven't really had a good start, or the Cubs, Cubs haven't had a really good start. But like, you could probably go get somebody else for cheaper. Yeah, you probably could, and I don't think I think we're stuck with them. Yeah, probably. I, he Avila got rid of Verlander, and I thought that was going to be stuck. Even though obviously Ver, like Verlander ended up being really, really good. <laughs> right. But I never imagined that. Listen, though, I think that was the best thing for Justin Verlander. To get out of Detroit. Oh, sure. Because, I mean, think about it. You're down in Houston. You're in an indoor stadium. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, he he basically improved it. In my opinion, he improved his game tremendously because he had a team around him. Well, he was really good. All right. He was doing really good when they actually traded him. Because they didn't trade Uh him at the trade deadline. They waited to, like, the waiver wire type of, like, the second deadline, which is gone this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh... He was pitching really well, but like Houston is at least at that point, you know, it's always changing. But they were like the in the front for like analytics, especially mm-hmm. for pitching, like right. which is a big thing now, and right. like spin rates and stuff like that. And they were able to show him and like kind of like teach him like what he was doing well and do it better and focus on that. Why he like learning why it was being mm-hmm. successful. And I think that being at at Houston gave him more national exposure. You know, you say Justin Verlander now. Like, I, I went out to Seattle back in August with my wife. We went and visited family. And yeah. they're, they're a big Mariners fan. So we yeah. went to a Mariners game. And, yeah. um, a great ballpark, by the way. Oh, yeah, Safeco. Yeah. And, um, you know, they actually brought up Justin Verlander. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if they would have brought him up, like, years ago. I don't, he was a MVP, AL MVP, and many pitchers don't do that. Like, right. he's but And he's taking... What's her name? Upton. Uh, Kate Upton. Kate Upton, yes. So, I mean... <laughs> We're familiar with her work. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think people have been talking about him for a while. Uh, there yeah. was a little dull because everybody, I think, thought over his injuries because he had like, a couple leak injury and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that he was... I mean, I maybe I'm just saying, speaking for everybody, when I say I thought he was never going to be the same. Right. And now he's throwing heaters up up in the zone. Uh, he's arguably... Him and Scherzer, the best thing that they ever did was get out of Detroit. Yeah. Well, they were, they pitched really well here. Mm-hmm. We just oh, yeah. never finished it off. Right. We never had a team that was going the distance. Yeah. We kind of did what... Uh, almost like we played Baltimore in the one year. Uh-huh. And we were just like playing meaningless baseball for so long. And then we were just cold and they came out. Like there was no reason for us to lose that year. Right. right. So... 
well, 2012, you uh, know, that was that should have been our year. Yeah, yeah. You hit a you hit probably one of the worst teams to ever win other than the Cardinals in yeah. 06. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. Illich really wanted to win though. Uh I will say yeah. that like while he was alive, like yeah. either the Red Wings or the Tigers were like usually competing. Yeah, he, he did a good job. Yeah, and they miraculously spent money though too, you know. Yeah. Like Prince Fielder should have never came here. But that was a great deal though to move him. Like that was a that was, great that was phenomenal. We got Kinsler for him too. I like, cannot believe that that Texas actually took Prince Fielder off it, our hands. Well, they needed to, or they needed they needed a first baseman, and mm-hmm. they had Profar, who was supposed to be like the the prospect yes. coming up. So like, and Kinsler was like, Kinsler's the type of guy who's like worked for everything. He was right. not a top prospect right. coming up or anything. He's just outworked everybody mm-hmm. and then like they always kept trying to like take the position from him with like a new younger guy mm-hmm. and he's probably just got to the point like it was best for them Get to move him Texas. yeah because he he was he's been a top fantasy player for a long time because he could hit home run steal and he plays great defense like right. he would he just did everything you wanted but you just didn't see it i guess when you looked at the eye like he just over he was an overachiever yeah no, and, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So that was a great, that was a great, great move, Ashley. Speaking of superstars, though, we talked a lot about superstars. I don't think the MLB does nearly enough to market their game. Yeah, they they put some of the blame on like Mike Trout because he's not exuberant enough or something like that. Uh, well, you don't need to be exuberant to be I, a superstar. I know, I know. Well, he is right now the like and going on pace to be the best player ever, right, in history. And right. like, yeah, you're like. No one gets excited about him. Right. Nobody gets excited about him. Every, all the attention goes on, like, Bryce Harper, which, yeah. don't get me wrong, Bryce Harper is a good yeah. athlete. Yeah, but he's not on Mike Trout's level. And he's, I mean, like, Mike Trout is, you can tell, like, Mike Trout is a humble, genuine yeah. person. Yeah. I'm genuinely good person. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Harper is, too, now. Don't get me wrong. I just think, I think there's more ego yeah, to Harper. Yeah, him and Machado. They have you know, ego. They're trying to be cool and how they look and stuff. Trout's right. just out there like, I'm going to do my job. Trout's doing his thing. Yeah. You know. A little bit maybe their background, upbringing and stuff like that. Like, Trout wasn't Trout wasn't the top prospect that Harper was. Like, Harper got drafted number one and, like, was supposed to be a phenom from, like, age 16, mm-hmm. basically. Right. Trout kind of just, like, was got drafted out of high school first round and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But if anybody expected him to be what he was, they would have drafted him. Way you know number one right that year so right. the twenty six okay. players that got drafted ahead of Trout that year were their combined wars like less or so or it's like equal to what Trout has done gotcha so gotcha but like the MLB in general I think is is in a lot of trouble here because attendance keeps going very far down each year um, you know in the last uh, in twenty eighteen for instance baseball averaged twenty eight thousand eight hundred and thirty people per game. Keep in mind, they build like coliseums for people to play baseball in. Yeah, There's yeah, like, yeah. you know, 55,000, some of the stadiums, 60,000, I think Oakland the Coliseum, which is. I know, wouldn't count that, though. Terrible. No, They're I, trying to get not. out there. That's a football right. stadium. I can understand. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, even Comerica Park has like 45,000 yeah. capacity, you know, but the, the it's like down 4% uh, in 2018. Uh, the last 10 years since 2008, there have only been three seasons where baseball has actually shown positive growth in attendance. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're not marketing players the way, like, the NBA does. Okay. You know, or the NFL does. I would like to see what the other sports statistics are saying, you know, up and down. Yeah. 
Um, and the other thing I'm wondering is like, are more people just watching it from their house though? There's more access to like MLB channel and stuff where you can watch all the games and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And plus like the way cameras are and technology is like, it's almost better if you want to watch the game. Actually, it's almost uh-huh. better to sit on your couch. Well, I guess you got to ask yourself then, why aren't they putting me in a situation where it's telling me I need to go see this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they they should market better in the fact that like when Verlander was here, it was what they call it must see JV. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it was every time Verlander was on TV, I was watching. Yeah, but we don't you have know? that right now. Right, we don't have that right now. And I'd argue though that baseball at a national level doesn't do a good enough job, yeah. you know, trying to make sure that people watch their games. I I I would attendance. I feel like is one part of the whole thing. So I would like to know like money being brought, like how much money is being brought in total and stuff like that. Well, speaking of money, I mean, you know, you're going to a game. I I think about my wife and I, yeah. for instance, like. Uh, we don't have any kids other yeah. than our dogs. Yeah. You know, and, uh, like, like for us to go to a game and, you know, minus alcohol and everything else, you're still spending, you know, a hundred bucks. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, but parking and mm-hmm. two tickets. Yeah. Right. If you don't want it, if you want any food or anything like that, right. like. I try not to eat any food. Right. I, go. I try to eat before and after. Right. Or you sneak something in. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> like uh, you know, you, you wear the cargo shorts and you sneak the, yeah, there you, go. you know, you sneak yeah. something in that way. But yep. I, I just think that they, they don't, it's not affordable for families. Yeah. Um, you know, think about when we were kids. We yeah. used to go to, my, my family, we used to go to a lot of games at Tiger Stadium. Yeah. All those games didn't start until 7.30. Yeah. And you were still out before 10. Yeah. Now you go to a baseball game, it starts at 7. Yeah. And you're there until like ten thirty. Yeah, definitely need to shorten up baseball games. I feel like mm-hmm. that's I've I've been saying that. I, right. I'm a big seven inning advocate. I I I, I got to agree with Brian and say no, no nine innings. I'm a traditionalist in that regard, but you know, I think that the game is just so slow, yeah. and that's losing a lot of people. Baseball is a it's an old white man's game now. <laughs> you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Because yeah, yeah. they're not doing enough to market to people. They're yeah. not doing enough to market to that kid in the inner city, yeah. you know, who who should be playing baseball, who wants to play, you know. They're not doing enough that in that regard, and I really honestly think that a lot of it has to do with they they just they're content. Yeah, you yeah. You know what I mean? Well, the Tigers are looking bad. <laughs> yeah, you know they're, but but they got some guys that want to play. Like Garden Hire, yeah. in my opinion, he he makes the best. Out yeah, of yeah, what he, he, he will. But when we're at that point, we're not in high school anymore. So like, heart could only take you so far. Well, that's, it, that's true. That's like true. these guys, we need superstar talent to win and stuff like that. We just don't have it. Right. I think though that they're going in the right direction. They're developing guys. Like yeah. Casey Mize, for instance. Oh no, yeah. Our our minor league system is finally like top mm-hmm. ten, which is right. what you need to do. You right. got to start producing a young, good core because they're coming up younger and younger. Right. And that's gonna be, you know, for the average fan, that's gonna be boring to watch. It's impatient to see your team. I'm develop. excited. I'm excited a couple of years to see if all these pitchers like kind of pan out, and then with Matt Boyd or something like that. Like we could, because if you get. A good four or five starting pitchers, and then that allows you to, like, okay, let's go focus on hitting. Let's go pick up a couple free agents, and hopefully we develop a couple guys, too. I think that they I think that they will eventually do that. Yeah. Um, are they 
2023 away? I don't think so. I think they're they're a little bit further than yeah, yeah. what they assume is progressed. But yeah. at the same time, uh, you know, you got a guy like uh, like Nico Goodrun. You yeah, know? I love. Him. I do like I, him. I like him a lot, and I think that he plays with a tremendous amount of heart. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's never a question in my mind that he's not trying to play hard. Josh Harrison, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but both those guys, I would mm-hmm. like them to be like my utility guy on a good team, almost. Well, yeah, but I mean, you got to think like Gardenhire can only do so much. Oh no, yeah, exactly. Team. But I'm just, and, I'm just saying that's where we're at. You know, like you look at what he did in like Minnesota, for instance, like. My family and I, we went out in uh, 2008 when the Tigers were supposed to be, like, really, really good, right? Yeah. And they ended up tanking, being having a terrible year. But we went out in, like, uh, I want to say April. My dad and I went to a game in uh, the Metrodome, which that was an absolute dump, by <laughs> the way. But uh, we went to the Metrodome, and we watched the, the Tigers in, like, nine innings just got destroyed. And it was just because Gardenhire, in my opinion, got the most out of his players. Yeah. They were playing small ball. Yep. Um, you know, they produced their offense. They were stealing bases. They were not swinging for the fences every time. And I think that's what screwed the Tigers over the long run. Yeah. Is they're always, you know, most of them, they were trying to swing for the fences yeah, every yeah, time yeah. they were up. Yep. You know, pop fly. Or, uh, you know, if Miguel Cabrera was up or Victor Martinez, like they're trying to swing for the fences. But chances are they're going to ground into a double play. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, no, I like Garden Hire, but we just don't, we are just nowhere near, like no one should be getting excited right now about the Tigers. I, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I'm, I'm excited. I'm optimistic. I'm way more optimistic from what I see from the Tigers, honestly, than the Pistons. Like, well, not, yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, Pistons are more, or the Tigers are more likely to win a championship in the next five years, I feel like. The Pistons, are, I feel like, are so far away oh, just because we're not a destination that people want to come to. Well, think about this. It starts at your management, right? Yeah. I mean, you say that the Pistons aren't a destination that people want to come to. So, you know, why were the Red Wings in the 90s a destination that people want to go uh, to? Money. Uh, maybe, money, <laughs> maybe, yeah, money certainly had a role because you had an owner that was willing to spend, but yeah. it was the culture that the Red Wings defined. Yeah, that too, yeah. You know? Yeah. The Pistons don't have that right yeah, now. Yeah. You got an owner that really doesn't care about the team. Yeah. He, you know, he, he only cares about his bottom line, which yeah. is money. Yep. You know, you have, uh, you have a fan base that really doesn't seem to, you know, yeah. care that much. Like I, I, I'll be honest. Like I thought I'd see a game if they came to move downtown. Like I saw a game in Auburn Hills, but I thought I'd definitely I'll see a game if they come down. That'd be cool because it's a lot closer uh-huh. for me, and I have not been. Yeah, I've I've been to uh, two games now. I haven't, you know, I love the Red Wings so much, but I haven't been to a Red Wings game. I've been to two Pistons games yeah. already, but uh, you know, Blake Griffin is is phenomenal. He's he's phenomenal. Yeah. He does not oh, yeah. deserve the team that he has. No, 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 home. no. Yeah, he's a great player, he, but he can't do it alone. Like some no. of these teams are so good. Well, you know, the thing that really made me upset is, you know, granted, I'm not the biggest Pistons fan, but I did turn it on last night and watch a little bit. I'm like, why did they even bother putting <laughs> Blake Griffin in there? And, and he scored like 27 points, and the rest of his team, you know, you got yeah. Andre Drummond out there and Reggie Jackson. Neither one of those guys care. Yeah. Uh, they probably put Griffin out there. He probably wanted to go out there. Well, yeah, but but if I'm if I'm Dwayne Casey or if I'm Tom Gorris, you know why am I? I know that I'm going to get slaughtered by the Bucks. It's pretty <laughs> no, clear. You, you can't, know, well, you I mean, the, as a coach, you can't think that. You got to think that you have a shot. No, but you you got to think level. realistically. Yeah, you know what I mean. What's what's best for the team long run? Yeah, I would argue that Blake Griffin is 
is by far the team that you the the guy on the team that you need to build around. And yet they're they're in my opinion, they're just completely screwing him over. Well, I think he's getting too old. Like we we're too far away to build around him. Yeah, but look at that heart. I mean, like, okay, sorry, gimmick here, but heart. Look at the heart that he plays with. Yeah. You know, and you look at a guy like Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond should be a superstar, but Andre Drummond just gets in his own way, just like Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson, like both of those guys, they're clowns. Yeah. They don't. They don't honestly care about the success of Detroit. Yeah. They. They don't. I mean, from what I've heard, they don't really do much in terms of community relations. Yeah. So, I guess you have to ask yourself, like, why have the superstar mentality if you're not going to produce? Yeah. Andre Drummond last night, 12 points. Yeah. I would try trading him all if you could and just start rebuilding. Who's going to take Reggie Jackson? I don't, I'm just saying if you could, they you know, get them all out, rebuild. But it's true. Who's going to take Reggie Jackson? Yeah. They're just an eighth-place team that is going to get killed in the first round, which right. are already getting killed in the first right. round. And 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 uh, from a fan standpoint, they were so excited to make the playoffs, right? Well, like, it's Tom, for our first team in three. This was it. We're a sports town. Like we, this has been a very sad few years, right? But it's very sad to get excited about an eighth seed yeah. who snuck in, yeah, that finished under five hundred. No, I think they finished five hundred. Oh, oh, forty-one to forty-one. My, my apologies. Yeah, that finished five hundred. <laughs> the only reason why they finished, you know, they they got into the playoffs is because the East is so bad. Yeah, right. Yes. Yes. You know, if they were in the Western Conference, they'd, they'd oh God, I don't even <sighs> want to know how bad it would be. Um, how about Tiger Woods? And, you know, I, I kind of, I'm, a, I'm not really a golf guy, but I, I'm kind of rooting for the guy. Yeah. Are you rooting for him? You know, like, I, I feel for him in the sense that, like, everybody dogpiled on Tiger Yeah, Oh, Tiger yeah. Woods. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that he could not escape it. Like, yeah. <laughs> You know, granted. I think most people don't think there's actual a, a thing for addiction to sex. Well, yeah, and he brought it on himself in a lot of ways, like yeah. the Perkins waitress, for instance. Like, yeah, yeah. But but at the same time, like, you know, it's a good story in the fact that he worked himself back up. Yeah, because he was gone. Like nobody thought he could be able to do this. Right. This is the same. Like like we love movies like Rudy. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? If we could take out the whole scandal part and just to, if we actually just looked at like the athlete and what that person was able to overcome and do and right. stuff like that. Yeah. That is like a ridiculous story. And I love how Nike has just quietly snuck back in at Tiger oh. Woods, life. You like, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Like for, for so long, like, uh, they, they wanted to stay clear of him. Yeah. yeah Everybody yeah. wanted yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cast him out like a leper. Yeah. Right. And now all of a sudden Tiger Woods like goes out and he wins the masters. I'm afraid for him. You're afraid for him. Yeah, because he was back at the Nike Red on Sunday. <laughs> he's back with Nike. I think he's winning. Is he back at the sex? <laughs> he probably, you know what? <laughs> he, he probably is. But at the same time, like, is it any of my business? No, I don't. Exactly. No. I mean, nope. I don't know if he's well, dating anybody or whatever, but yeah. I mean, there's so many athletes, and I'm not going to slanderize anybody because yeah. I don't know, but I'm not going to speculate. There's, there's quality people anywhere you go. Yes. But there's certainly, we've heard stories about athletes who have girls in every town. and you Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not, obviously, that's not everybody. I choose to believe that that's the exception, but not the rule. Yeah. In Tiger Woods' case, like, if he wants to sleep around, uh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, hey. I, I don't know. He's not married right now, is he? I don't think so. I don't know. No. I really don't know. Him winning the Masters was, like, kind of unbelievable, kind of out of nowhere, I thought. Right. 
I mean, I thought it was kind of crazy. I saw these people like blowing up Facebook, like crying about uh, Tiger Woods' victory. No. And I, I'm not going to go that far. No. But, you know, you, you got to, there's something to be said about somebody who can overcome. Like, he, Tiger Woods fell down into like a heap of crap. Yeah. Granted, he brought it on himself. Yeah. Who doesn't bring on at yes. some point their own adversity? Yes. And in his case, it, it was kind of fun to see like somebody overcome. All of that. Yeah. Um, I looked up, I Googled your name. Mine? This, yeah, this morning. Oh, yeah? Yeah, when I was like doing research and uh-huh. stuff. And like some some website came up. It was called like My Life or something uh-huh. like that. And like it like almost like grades people. Like gives them a score. I gotta see this now. Based on, uh, yeah. So I looked it up. You had like a really good score. It was like a, f- I think it's out of a five point system. It was wow. like a, f- it was like a four point something. It was like really, really good. Oh, these people don't know me very well. So, well, so I'm like, what the heck? So I looked mine, and mine is at like a three point something. What? Yeah. And I was like, oh man, what the heck? Well, that's a pretty arbitrary thing, right? In my life, like, there's probably, there's probably some dude in Romania. I don't know. know but yeah, then they wanted me to like put my credit card and like put like a, like put, like pay for it, like right. to look up like what, why, how my score was, it was or whatever. Um, I will say, so I lived to like Brad, I wonder, cause it said like I had like a, like a, maybe law or uh-huh. some lawsuit or something. Uh-huh. So I used to live at Broderick Tower. Uh-huh. And then we just kind of abruptly left. Okay. Uh, but they went after my friend Victor, and like he had to pay it all off or whatever. But I don't know if that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's funny when they were, they we got served, and uh, <laughs> the guy, uh, he was like, "Have you seen Victor Zabrowski?" And I was like, "No, we're looking for him too. So if you find him, <laughs> let us let us know." And like he like so like he like did a bunch of like because like he didn't know where you know, uh-huh. took him time to find this guy, and uh, when he did find out where he was, he did send us the information. Like it was it was awesome. It, 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 you can sue them later on and be like, you know what? You guys affected my 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 life scores. Yeah, so. my my life scores. It my was just God. crazy. It was, I gotta but, look this up now. But it really taught me that like you have nothing bad on on you. Almost like <sighs> I don't know that. I mean, I've, <laughs> done, I've done some stuff, but at the same time, like you know, I try to live my life good and pure. Yeah, 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 you yeah. Know? No, no, it was like uh, yeah. I was I thought I was gonna have a good score, and I was like, what the heck? And you had a way better score than I did. Well. Pfft. Yeah, like I said, it's some dude in Romania uh, on his couch yeah, just, yeah. like, typing some yeah. things up. But back to golf. Like, I only played a little bit of golf so far. And I play softball league. But I think what I'm going to do mm-hmm. is I'm going to go from softball to uh, golf. Like, like you're going to give up softball? And go yeah, to golf? basically, like, not play. Because it's just too many injuries. It's just not worth it. And yeah. I knock on wood, other than breaking my nose. Uh, playing softball. I haven't really had that many injuries, quote unquote. Yeah. But uh, I do love golf. Yeah. Um, I'm not good. Uh, I go and I play with my dad every once in a while. Yeah. Like my dad and I have a great relationship. Oh, that's he's, nice. He's definitely uh, probably my best friend. Nice. In that regard. But, uh, you know, like to go play golf with buddies and, yeah. and things like that. We'll have to go out sometime. Yeah. I'm going to like join a league or something. I'm going to try to get everybody to join golf, I think. There I'm is try- a league at the school. You should, yeah, talk to Jamie Greeno about that. Really? He'll get you signed up, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, golf is, is one of those things, I think, that, and it's making a comeback yeah. because of Tiger Woods. Yeah, I think it is making a comeback. Well, I think maybe it's because, like, our generation, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, we're starting to hit our 30s and stuff, and we right. kind of like like to spend our money on doing things, uh-huh. I think, rather than maybe, like, drinking and, and like, stuff. stuff like that. Stuff. Did you notice, like, I don't know if your parents are like this, 
But buying buying stuff. They buy stuff. Yeah. They love to buy all the crap. I hate like, buying stuff. Like my parents have so many gadgets. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I love them to death. Don't get me wrong, mom and dad. Like, <laughs> I'm coming over for Easter today. Like, oh yeah, today. Oh yeah. Out. But uh, you know, like uh, they just buy so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's their generation. Yeah. Though. We like to do stuff. Yeah, like they grew up. Their parents were buying all kinds of cars and all kinds of yeah. stuff. Like they were living the American yeah. dream. Right? Yeah. Or some of them couldn't buy stuff, so now that they can, now they just they want can. to buy stuff. Like absolutely, ah, buying absolutely. I respect uh, my parents. For Detroit's that. having a golf tournament coming. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's gonna. Be, it's already got committed. Like Dustin Johnson, who's like the number one player. Okay. Ricky Fowler and Bubba Watson. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be what is it called? The Detroit event inaugural Rocket Mortgage Classic. Oh, so Dan June Gilbert twenty June twenty seventh to the thirtieth. Dan so. Gilbert is everywhere. Oh yeah, right. He be he was a Cleveland guy. Now he's right. like owns Detroit. You know what? That's fine. That's yeah. Fine. He he runs. He does a quality thing. Him and the Illiches, well, let him buy the whole. Season. Yeah, they've, they've done a lot. Um, well, there's not much left I else got to talk about. Is there anything you wanted to, like, share or bring up? Know. Did you want uh, – let's talk a little bit of you, about your coaching experience. Yeah. Like, you know, about – like, you've been co- – you said you started coaching with Brian this year. Right? Yeah. Have you coached baseball before? Or? No, I coached hockey. Uh, my brother and his friends, like, spring league and stuff like that. Um, that's really most of my coaching experience, you know, just teaching and le- just playing a lot of sports myself. Yeah. But mostly my brother and his friends and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and then this is my first year coaching with Brian. Um, I didn't play baseball in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think partially a lot of it was actually because I wasn't the best at it. Okay. I was really good at hockey. I was mm-hmm. really good at soccer. And I enjoyed playing those because I like, I don't know, maybe probably right. like to start them or something right. like that. But in baseball, I would have been like maybe playing second base, batting eighth or seventh or okay. something like that. And maybe it was like an ego type of driven thing, mm-hmm. which led me to go play tennis. Uh, my senior year, okay. and yeah, like I on my last episode, just coach was excited to have me and this other guy because we were just like we just played a lot of sports, we we're athletic, and he's like, "Here's rackets, go play!" And like excited to have us on. So, like, do you have any like coaching mentors that you know people guide you or you know? I try to. I I would read a lot of baseball articles, and I just like read from coaches, mm-hmm. you know, and just through experience. I think I've had a lot of coaching or just a little playing experience. I played a lot, a lot of sports growing up and stuff like that. And the teaching has taught me a lot. And just like being able to push myself, going through, uh, losing a lot of weight and like, oh, yeah. you know, do, going through those type of experiences and you know, I can pass that on. I, I learned it myself. I went through it. I went through the struggle Yeah. and I, I, I'm a motivator, mm-hmm. if anything, a mentor. So like, yeah, I just try to use those skills. I think I'm, it's just a natural yeah. I'm a natural teacher, leader type of person. I hope I can say that about myself. Um, you know, uh, PJ Fleck is like my okay. my coaching idol. The Western guy, right? Yeah, he was, yeah, he was at Western, and now he's at Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's just like a a tiny, like five foot eight guy. <laughs> like you know, played in the NFL. Like he he was a great player at Northern Illinois. Um, just everything that the guy does, I want to be a part of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, he has that ability to captivate a locker room. Make yeah. Players want to play for them. Play yeah. For him. But it all starts at making him a quality person. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, he has his acronym, like row the boat. Yep. You know, mine is earn it. Earn it. Everybody on my team. Like I, I stole that from Sam Breen, honestly. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody on my team, like they, they know they want something. They got to earn it. Yeah. You know, and I kind of learned that from uh, coaching with Jamie and Alex. Yeah, Brito. yeah, yeah. You know, those guys, they wouldn't reward anybody 
unless they earned it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then Brian was the same way. Yeah. Coaching with Brian for a little while, like, you know, kids didn't just show up and expect to play. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, when they ran at Dixie the other day, like, I let them all go. Then I, I started running, and I caught up to a bunch uh-huh. of them and stuff. They're like, what the heck, coach? And so. Oh, I used to do that all the time, too. <laughs> I think that would make them a little upset. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's nice to kind of still be able to show up a high school kid every once in a while. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Humble them a little bit. Right, right. Make them feel like like you have more skill than you actually do. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, I got my other guest waiting and about to record the next episode. Sure. Is there anything that you would, are you doing, promoting? How's the next track? uh, you know, uh, just a shout out to my uh, track and cross country girls uh, and and the boys too. You yeah, know, I'm not the boys coach, but I still love the crap out of yeah. Them. No, kids. we're trying to help you know recruit and push kids towards it because mm-hmm. I would love to see this kids succeed and be happy. Yeah, and we're uh, we're we're trying to build. You know, you and Brian talked about this too. But we're trying to build a community at Lincoln Park. Yeah, and uh, you know, gonna have a, a running clinic. Okay. Uh, in uh, in June. Okay. Uh, when first week after school lets out. Um, you know, try to get some young kids out and just good have them have some fun. We had that. We had a baseball clinic, and Brian did that. It was really awesome. Oh yeah. So you know, just trying to get more kids involved and trying to start like Barack Obama called it his grassroots yeah. program. You know, yeah. You know, Plant realized, seeds. I realize long term. You know, I I've had offers to go other places and coach, and uh, you know, I decided to stay at Lincoln Park. Yeah. The reason being is because I love the kids. Yeah. And uh, I want to make sure that they have a great experience. I want to make sure they have that coach that really pushes them to be a better person. So, um, but I just want to thank you for having me out. Yeah, here. man. No, thanks for coming. And, uh, uh, yeah. Happy Easter. You know. What do you got? You. What are you about to do? Uh, about to go to my parents' house. Uh, my sister. I have two sisters. Uh, my one sister lives about an hour and a half away. Yeah. Near Lexington in Croswell. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, my other sister lives down in Flat Rock, so okay. going to have their kids over. I, okay. lo- I love their kids. Nice. Nice. Um, so, uh, it's great to spoil them and, yeah. you know, get them all riled up and get them sugared up and yeah. give them right back to my sister. So. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad we were able to make it in. It yeah. looked like for a second we weren't going to be able to make it in. Oh, we had yeah. to break it in. I am so glad we weren't arrested today. That's oh, my sure. gosh. Uh, we did this without no coffee. So, right. like, I, I was going to go stop and eat breakfast before. Then I'm like, oh, it's already, like, almost 8 o'clock. I want to get here early. Thank oh, yeah. God I want to get here early because we might have. Right. Um, then I hit ham- I was in Hamtramck by, like, 8.15. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop and get coffee for us. Both coffee places were closed. Oh, I was an absolute mess this morning. Oh, my gosh. I dropped my protein shake on the ground. Uh. And I, I was I was like, should I, should I even bother going? Oh should my I gosh! Going now? Uh, you know. So. But we overcame. We yeah, worked through it. Absolutely. Persevered. Uh, persevered. If we could learn anything from this, please persevere. Keep oh, pushing yeah. for your dreams. I'd love to. I'd love to come back in. So. Yeah, for on. sure. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I need to start booking people ahead of time and scheduling. So right. you know. Um, Anybody want to be my bookie or whatever that's called? Right. <laughs> Hit me up. Uh, guys, check, oh, yeah, you guys got to check out the other podcast. Michael Dupree Variety Hour okay. has been doing great every Monday. Uh, they're coming out. Uh, plan, I want to thank Planet Podcast Network. Uh, check out planetpodcast.com. They have set up this beautiful facility. I don't know if it's beautiful oh, it's just yet. It's gorgeous. It's the Taj Mahal. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's a work in progress. Uh, we're, we're growing. We're building a, a, a grassroots type of thing here, so we're excited. Um, there's a couple more gr- new channel or a new uh, podcast that are in the talks. I missed the last meeting. 
because we had a baseball tournament. So I was looking at the cliff notes, but there's a couple more podcasts getting picked up. The incubator is getting started. Uh, we're going to have a, a podcast festival. We don't have the name on it yet, but I believe in the fall time in here. So we have like three buildings. Okay. Uh, there's going to be a ton of stuff going on. So we will definitely have you back oh, okay. at some point. Uh, me and you will talk. You know where I'm at. Yep. What what room number are you in? Two oh three. Two oh three. Stop on by anytime. I'll, yeah. All right, guys. Yep. Yeah. LPHO. Yep. All right. Take care. Bye.